I believe that everything that we do in our life helps make us who we are and influences how we do things. So today I'm talking about the tips and strategies that I've learned from 15 years of being a business owner and operator so that I can homeschool the way that I'd like to homeschool. So I'm calling this episode Homeschool Like a Boss, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's go. Welcome to the Simple is the New Smart podcast. I'm Zara Fagan, PhD, author of Minimalist Homeschooling and the creator of the Simple is the New Smart membership. And this is the place where we talk about how less really is more and how simple really is the new smart. This is the place for any homeschooler who wants to trade stress, exhaustion, overwhelm, and self-doubt for peace, clarity, confidence, and a sense of true abundance. It turns out that transforming our mindset really can transform our homeschools and our lives. We'll talk tips and strategies, stories and perspective, and interview people who have lessons to teach us. And I am just so happy that you're here. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to the Simple is the New Smart podcast. I'm Zara, and today we are talking about homeschooling like a boss. So you may or may not know that together with my husband, we own and operate two businesses in addition to this minimalist homeschooling movement. And so one thing that I have been able to do is take the lessons that I've learned about managing a business and apply them to our homeschool. And I think that really helps us be productive because when you think about it, the goals of our homeschools and our businesses are pretty similar in the sense that we're setting goals to offer a service and to reach certain milestones, right? So our goals in business may be to make money, but usually there's more than one goal. You want to have a profit there so you can make a living, but you also want to provide a service, right? You want something bigger and maybe less tangible to make an impact, right? And the same can be said in our homeschools that we have these specific goals we want to produce. We not only want to see certain sort of numerical progressions in our homeschool, but we also want to impact the bigger picture for our children, right? And so the other parallel here is that we're managing people. We're managing humans. When we run a business, when we homeschool, there are a lot of people to coordinate. And so I don't mean manage in the sense of like coercing or bossing around or those sorts of things, because in an ideal business relationship, everybody feels like they're on the same team. And the same is true in our homeschools. Everybody, we want everybody to feel like they are on the same team we're all working towards the same goals. So today, let me talk about some principles that are used in business that are easily applied also to our homeschools to help us be more productive, to help us produce those numerical sort of accomplishments, as well as to impact the bigger picture in the way that we really want to impact the world. So the first concept that I'm going to bring up is the 80%, 20% rule or the 80-20 rule. And the idea here is that 80% of our impact, 80% of our progress, 80% of our accomplishments actually comes from only 20% of our work. Another way this can go is that 80% of our income may come from only 20% of our accounts, right? And so the idea here in business is that you identify the 
percent that is resulting in the 80% impact. And you do more of that. So if you know that 80% of what you're doing is having less of an impact, but that 20% is really moving you forward in your homeschool, then you do more of that 20%. And you're effectively then able to, if you do more of those things that are highly impactful, you can achieve more than 100% of what you were achieving. Just by cutting out sort of the extra, cutting out the fluff, that 80% of your time that is not making an impact, that 80% of your effort, that 80% of your energy that's not making a significant impact, how do we trim that back? How do we do less of that? How do we focus more on the really impactful stuff? So an example here might be that you realize that 80% of what your children are learning that's sticking with them, that's having an impact is coming from the one day a week that you go to museums and you take field trips. And although the other four days of the week, that other 80% you're doing things, it's that 20% that's having the biggest impact, that's 80% of what they're learning that week is coming from those field trip days, then what you would do is reevaluate the four days of the week when you're not going on field trips. And you would ask yourself, how can I do more of what happens on field trips with them? How do I reduce the things that I'm doing on the other four days a week that are either not having a significant impact? How do I purge some of those things? Conversely, how do I adjust some of those things to use the methods to use the techniques that are impactful. So if these things that we're doing 80% of the week aren't really impactful, how can I remove some of those things of low impact or how can I adjust some of those things of low impact so that they are now more impactful? Do you follow? And I think that that goes along really well with the minimalist homeschooling concept where we're really focusing on the most valuable things. We're really focusing on what is truly needed and what is truly loved. And so you can easily apply this 80-20 rule that's often used in business to analyze businesses in your homeschool. You know, if I had to identify 80% of our progress in our homeschool, 80% of the impact that our homeschool had on our children, where did that come from? and to narrow down those really concrete, super sources of impact and do more of those. Which brings me to my next point. Businesses are notorious for meetings, but this isn't always a bad thing. There are executive meetings on a regular basis in your business. And these are the times where you not only assess what's working and not working, but that you also convey to the people who are on your team what the goals are, what the expectations are, what you are happy about currently, what you're unhappy about currently, your vision for moving forward, your idea for moving forward, the basic and overall plan and mission for your team. I think it's really useful to take this model into our homeschool. I think it's useful to have our equivalent of an executive meeting, whether that starts out with, you know, sort of a meeting of the minds of the higher level management, maybe with your spouse, and then you have a meeting with your team. But I definitely think the meetings with your quote unquote team can be really invaluable in your homeschool where you share your vision where you talk about this isn't working and so we're going to change it and this is working really well so we're going to do more of that and because these are our goals and these are our visions this is the plan that we have these are the expectations that we have and then everybody feels like they're on the same page I know that my children really like to know what to expect So along with the executive meetings and the 80-20 rule, we go into this idea that we have a project 
based to-do list. Now I have a video on YouTube that walks through with slides because this is sort of something that's more easily explained with visuals. But the idea here is that we look at our homeschool in terms of projects that are going on. So there's always going to be maintenance in our homeschool. Those are the everyday things that need to happen. And maybe for you, that's math. Maybe you have a standard homeschool day of reading, writing, and math. Maybe your sort of standard maintenance homeschool is something different from reading, writing, and math. It doesn't really matter. But the idea is that you have this maintenance level in your homeschool, and then you have projects in your homeschool. So your projects can then be a science curriculum that you're focusing on, a history curriculum that you're focusing on, a unit study, a new business that a child wants to create. A lot of times homeschoolers are very involved in their athletics. The idea here is that we start thinking in terms of maintenance and then a project. What is your focus right now? So in businesses, they'll have their maintenance, right? Payroll and taxes and generally servicing the customers. These sorts of things happen without question every day, but they may also have a bigger focus in their business, right? So right now they may be talking about a new product launch. Right now they may be talking about a new marketing campaign. Right now they may be talking about a new website, right? So there's always this project to sort of make those big leaps to do the onward and upward, right? We don't want to just stay in maintenance mode all the time. In order to improve, we really want to challenge ourselves. And this is something that businesses instinctively do. They will keep their maintenance, but they are often also challenging themselves for the next big impact, the next big growth. And I think we can take that model into our homeschools and say, yes, maintenance is important. It is critical. We have to do this maintenance. Otherwise, everything sort of falls apart, right? If you don't pay your taxes, you're not going to have a business for very long, right? If you don't pay your payroll, you're not going to have employees for very long. And so maintenance is critical. But when we're thinking about those big leaps of onward and upward movement, of progress, of challenging ourselves, then we layer on projects. And good businesses take on one or two big projects at a time. And I think that it's a good idea to do that in our homeschools as well, to think to ourselves, what's maintenance? What's critical so that this whole thing <laughs> doesn't fall apart? And then what big sort of projects do I wanna layer on top of that one or two at a time to make that impact, to have the onward and upward growth, to challenge ourselves in our homeschool. And again, I have a video on YouTube about having a project-centered to-do list. So once you know those projects, how do you then create a daily to-do list? And the video talks not only about homeschooling projects, but all of the projects that come in our life, right? The homemaking projects, projects and maintenance. If you run a business, if you work, if you have a job, there are different projects and maintenance involved in that. If you are in a ministry, if you participate in activities or a non-for-profit or you're coaching a team, all of those things come with obligations and responsibilities. And so if you want this tutorial on a quote unquote better to-do list, then I want to encourage you to go to the Zara PhD YouTube channel and just look for that video. It's called a better to-do list or how to create a better to-do list. The point I want to make here, however, is that business owners often will think about their to-dos in two distinctions. There's maintenance, there's a sort of critical foundational things that need to be done in order to even have a business. And then there are projects and they focus on one or two big projects at a time and they focus on hitting it out of the park, challenging themselves, making sure that there's a whole lot of growth. 
The other thing that business owners are really good about is delegating. There's this idea that if you try to do everything as a business owner, and a lot of people who first start their business do this, and I know when my husband and I first started, we did everything ourselves. Problem with that is that there's a limit in how much we could do because there's a limit of how much time I have in the day. There's a limit of how much energy I have in the day. There's a limit of how much attention I have in a day. And so when we try to do it all ourselves, we are limiting how much can get done. And I know that it is hard to let go of some of the things that we feel responsible for making sure happen. I know that we can often do it better than another person we may ask to do it. This is particularly true of chores, you know? We have to debate whether it's worth asking our children to do it and accepting that it may not be done to our standards and that we're going to have to take extra time to teach them how to do it properly. And sometimes it's just easier to do it ourselves. Well, guess what? Business owners have the same struggle. A lot of times they know their messaging better. They know their product better. They know their processes and systems better. It would be quicker and easier for them to just do it themselves. But by delegating it, they are freeing themselves up to do more important things. So by delegating in your homeschool, you could be freeing yourself up to do bigger and better things that will have more of an impact. One thing we can really do to homeschool like a boss is to start delegating more. Even though it may not be up to our standards, especially at first, it is important for us to have that time so that we can keep making improvements. And I'm not just talking about pushing ourselves academically. I'm talking about as a whole, pushing ourselves to a better relationship with God, challenging ourselves to be more intentional with our time, challenging ourselves to eat healthier. There are so many ways that we can challenge ourselves, but it starts with freeing up the capacity, the mental capacity and the time, which brings me to my next point. There is a maxim in business that we say, which is the most valuable time is the time invested in another person. So there's this idea that if I invest my time in training another person, if I invest my time in teaching another person, whether that's teaching somebody who's working under me, teaching somebody about the product, teaching somebody about who I am, what I do, what my services are, those investments are incredibly valuable. It's an investment in time to other people. Right, And the same thing applies to our homeschool. The most valuable time is the time that we're investing in our children. That doesn't just mean the time that we're investing in teaching them. That also means the time that we are investing in helping them become self-sufficient. Taking a training approach in your homeschool is another way to homeschool like a boss. You are constantly looking at ways to guide them to doing more on their own and to be really proficient at those things, to be really good at those things, and that that investment, as bothersome as it may feel some days, is really the best investment you can make because it will repay you in the future. This is an investment. We're spending the time upfront now in order to reap the rewards of spending less time in the future. So changing our mindset to one in which investing in another person is the most valuable use of our time and not just investing in feeding them their education, but really investing in guiding them to be people who don't need to be fed anymore, right? We're trying to help our children grow up and meet different developmental milestones. And those are really important investments above and beyond what we teach them out of a book. 
I also want to say that in business, there is a real focus on improvement and progress. And I think that this is important in homeschooling because it's very easy to get on a hamster wheel. And I know I talk a lot in minimalist homeschooling about putting your homeschool on autopilot. And I do think that it helps relieve our mental load to put our homeschools on autopilot as much as we can. The reason we want to put our homeschools on autopilot is for all of those maintenance things that I talk about, right? The maintenance, the critical things in our homeschool that have to get done without which we feel like our homeschool doesn't have a foundation. It's nice to put those things on autopilot. That relieves our mental load so that we can then focus more on the projects, right? But it's important even with that maintenance, even with those critical things that are just foundational, they're on autopilot, to really think about what constitutes success. What progress and improvements are we really looking for? How are we going to assess what is working and what's different? What metrics are we going to use? And I'm going to talk about this more in a future podcast about goal setting. But if you want to homeschool like a boss, it's important to change your mindset. And these don't have to be A pluses. These don't have to be 100 out of 100 on a test. We don't have to think in those sorts of metrics in our homeschool. But we do do better as teachers and as a team with our students when there is sort of a metric that we're looking for so that we can know when something's working, when it's not working, when to celebrate because we have accomplished exactly what we set out to accomplish when we can sort of pat ourselves on the back. What exactly is the progress or the improvement or the metric by which you want to judge whether what you're doing is really valuable? Because none of us wants to be on a hamster wheel that feels meaningless. So to homeschool like a boss, there is a portion that focuses on the metrics of improvement. So along the lines of streamlining our homeschools, along the lines of putting things on autopilot, you know, I talked about how those maintenance things to relieve a mental load, we can make those streamlined and on autopilot as much as possible, right? So in our business, we can automate bill pay, everything that needs to be paid every month automatically goes out, right? Those things we automate as often as we can. And I would suggest the same thing in our lives and in our homeschools if we really want to homeschool like a boss. And that is sort of automate all of the daily regular things that you want to make sure happen on a daily basis by habit stacking. So I have another YouTube video specifically on habit stacking, but the idea is this. You find one habit, just one habit that will make an impact in your day and you link it to an existing habit. And I know you're probably thinking, Zara, I fly by the seat of my pants. I don't have an existing routine. We just do whatever we can do. And I'm lucky if everybody's teeth are brushed before 5 p.m. And I get it. I I remember those days, especially when my children were young. And sometimes we still even have those days if I'm being completely honest. But the idea here is that you actually do have a routine. You most likely get up every day. You probably make coffee or grab a glass of water or take a drink. You definitely make meals. Even if you're not remembering to eat yourself, you're probably making meals for your children. There are certain things that are happening on a regular basis. Teeth are getting brushed. People are getting dressed. If you're a mom, you may or may not be showering every single day. But if you are, that's something that's reliably happening. So even if you feel like your routine isn't very elaborate, Pick one thing that is reliably happening and link 
your new habit to it. So when I pour my coffee, then I will do my new thing. When I sit down for lunch, then I will do my new thing. When lunch is over, then we will do our new thing, right? And so this is how we're stacking habits. Then you set yourself a reminder, you use post-it notes, you set an alarm, you make sure that these habits are actually happening, that you're reminding yourself about them consistently and militantly for two to four weeks. And once that becomes a habit, then you stack a new habit to that. And so you're basically linking your habits. So using habit stacking in order to homeschool like a boss can be really effective for all of those maintenance things. So we're going to finish breakfast, we're going to get ready for the day, and then we're going to sit down for math. That's our new habit because math needs to happen every day. For example, you definitely don't need to use that example in your own home. You would pick whatever habit would have the most impact in your homeschool. So habit stacking, if you want to know more about that in more detail, again, go to the Zara PhD YouTube channel and look for that video on habit stacking. It's a great way to sort of automate all of the maintenance items in your homeschool so you can homeschool like a boss. And then finally, I want to say that good business owners often give themselves time for ideas. They give themselves time to mingle with other business owners, time to listen to other business owners, whether it's on podcasts, whether it's on YouTube, and they also take the time to sit quietly with their own thoughts, right? And so these sorts of interactions, this sort of time for ideas and idea generating and clarity of ideas is really valuable as a business owner. If you're constantly just go, 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 going to the next step, then it's hard to have the vision. It's hard to come up with the plan. It's hard to take that next step to challenge yourself because you're not even giving yourself the time to decide what that next step is right? So rabbit holes, doing the research, thinking about things, and the moments of clarity, the moments of curiosity, the discussions we have with other people who are doing what we do and who may be doing it differently or maybe doing it in a way that we want to do it more like them. These are really valuable interactions and that's a really great investment of time. So if you want to homeschool like a boss, I would say that it's important not to just go, 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 go with the standards that you you are constantly using, but to take the time to read the books, to take the time to listen to the podcast, to take the time to have the conversations with the friends who are also homeschooling, especially those who you admire. It's important to take the time just quietly to think to yourself, to assess the homeschool, to have your own ideas and creative ideas and in order to have clarity about your mission for what you're doing right now in your homeschool, I would say that would definitely help everyone homeschool more productively. And then you take that information and you bring it to that executive meeting that I started with back at the beginning. So we've now come full circle, right? We're taking the time to gather ideas, to sift through ideas, to mingle those ideas with our own, to come up with our own creative, productive, challenging plan. And now we're going to communicate that to the rest of our team. And so this is a basic template today about how we can start homeschooling more like a boss to take some of these techniques that business owners often use that work really well for feeling satisfied with making an impact and making progress and getting off that hamster wheel and applying them to our homeschool. So I'm really hoping that that helps you today. And until the next episode, I am wishing you all the simple things. Have a great one. 
If you'd like to help the Simple as a New Smart podcast be visible and easily found by other homeschoolers looking for simple, I hope that you will leave a great review on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, and tell a friend. Thanks so much.